Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 27, Psychotherapy. <laughs> Oh my God. I cannot wait to get into this episode. Yeah. There's so much to discuss. What a great one. Anyway, we begin at the beach, at the beach house. Mm. Michael Mancini is having a little breakfast al fresco out on the deck. Yeah. And he, he's, he's looking at a list. And we don't know exactly what this list is, but it's bizarre because we get a little zoom in and it says Dr. or Stanley Levin, parentheses, cowboy play. <laughs> I mean, playing cowboy. Playing cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so he. He makes a phone call. He's giggling. He's, he does that face where he's like, hmm. Yeah. Well, do you know that Michael, yes. he always does that face when he's thinking, yeah. Michael cannot not act out his thoughts. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Like, it's like hilarious to me. It's truly my favorite thing about his acting style. <laughs> it's so good. He makes a phone call to Stanley Levin, who picks up the phone and Michael doesn't say anything. He's just trying to stifle a laugh. And Sydney comes out and hangs up the phone and she's like, Michael, that's my list. Okay. First of all, why is she leaving the black little black book, her like madam little black book around the house with Michael? This is like very sensitive information. Also, that would totally be me though. Yeah. If my partner was a madam. <laughs> they had their little black book. I couldn't resist. It would, I wouldn't do anything, but I would have to know. It would be so difficult to resist looking in there. That's why she shouldn't leave it out. That should be confidential. Especially if you're with someone like Michael. Yeah. You know he will use this information for his own evil ways. He's going to use it for evil. So it's Michael has confirmed for himself that his boss, who he has been butting heads against, Dr. Stanley Levin, is, is, is one a of client. Lauren's clients. She's one of Lauren's clients, and he's apparently into cowboy play. Which is really disturbing, not because of the cowboy play, but thinking of Dr. Levin, like on all fours, being ridden by... Do you think he's the horse? 
Kind of, because yeah. he's like a man in power, right? And usually they want to be like submissive. Yeah, typically, he, like, he's definitely he definitely seems like he would be a sub just yeah. based on that archetype. Yes. Um. So Michael loves this. He oh, is God. fucking in heaven right now, and the wheels are turning. Mm-hmm. And we love when his wheels start turning. And Sydney is like, Michael, this is my business, and it's based on discretion. You can't say anything. And he's like, calm down, calm down. I won't. I'm no pope. (laughs) (laughs) But we all know he's going to say something. Because he smiles. He does the Michael smile when she leaves the room or like the deck. Uh, And first of all, like Sydney's act 100% right here. Yes. Like 99% of what these men are paying for is discretion, right? Like obviously the sex is important too, but it's like they need to know that they will never be busted because they usually are married or prominent, especially Lauren's clients. Or it's just, it's a private act between these Johns and the sex worker and it's no one's business. Well, that's true too on every level, but I'm saying these are next level clients who have like something to lose in their opinion. They're prominent clients. So yeah, they want discretion. So, and they want a service they can trust. Yes. At Melrose, Billy's getting ready for work when Jake stops by and he's like, it's very cold. They still haven't made up from this punch at shooters. I like how the show thinks we're at all invested in this friendship. Or this drama. <laughs> no, because it's like, I didn't even remember them in a fight, to be honest. Well, I had like forgot about what the fight was about. And I was like, oh, it's because Billy and Amanda slept together when they were, Jake and Amanda were on a break. It's like, get over it. Well, first of all, Jake is fucking Billy's ex. Do you oh, know what yeah, I mean? That's like, true. That's so why is he true. mad? He really can't, he has no legs to stand on. Also, this is like a new character. Um, like info we learn on Jake. Apparently he likes fishing because he's looking for his fishing gear. And Billy has it because they used to go fishing together, I guess. that They should have made something else up because I don't buy that. I was laughing too because he's like, he's giving him the fishing gear and Billy's really sad about not, he's like, oh, you're going fishing? Like, uh, and then he has the tackle box just in the corner of the living room. The, the, <laughs> I'm just like, this sorry. is the first time we've ever heard of these two guys fishing. The, yeah. I don't buy it. I don't buy these two guys in their twenties in Los Angeles are into fishing. I could buy it if it was ever established that they're even remotely outdoorsy. Neither like, of them are outdoorsy. I mean, Jake likes to ride his motorcycle in the desert, but like at this point, it's just that's not in either of their characters. So I thought that was really this was really funny. This is because the writers are trying to like shoehorn in the deep friendship that they have that they used to go fishing together. But it's like we've never seen them leave the complex it to go fishing. <laughs> it honestly would have made way more sense if it was like, "Can I have my harness for the rock climbing gym?" Yeah, or some I would kind buy of, that some kind of workout equipment. Some kind of yeah. thing that's like more um, city. But they wanted to make it like wholesome, I think, which Fishing? is kind of funny. <laughs> what are they, 80? Look, I do think young people fish. Yeah, there but are not a group them. of people, but they just never have established that character. Where are trait. they going fishing? I guess they're going to Morro Bay, but I just. <sighs> that's also really. That's, like that's far. not close. <laughs> that's fucking far. That's like hours away. <laughs> 
So why are they going there? Why aren't they just going to like the marina? Or like a creek in the woods, like in the <laughs> mountains or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. Um, yeah, because Jake has a boat now, so maybe that's what it is. But that would make more sense if it was fishing off the boat, but they're going to Morro Bay. I have no Sorry, idea. Sorry, I know we're harping on this. Whatever. <laughs> it's just a it's just a device to get to get the audience to be like, oh yeah, they're still in a fight. And Billy's like, maybe we can go back fishing sometime. It's like, what is Jake, his estranged father? It's so <laughs> funny. And then Allison comes in the room after Jake leaves, and Billy's like, Well, at least we're talking. And Allison is in full on mid to late. F- 30s businesswoman look. Yeah. Is this her coral colored skirt yes, suit? But just her hairstyle and everything is so older. She dresses so old for her age. Anyway, um, she's going to be late tonight because she has a client meeting. At the hospital, all the residents are gathered around the cork board looking to see who's been cast in the school play. That's the vibe. I was was like, is that how they do that? It's like, (laughs) oh, who are you playing in Anything Goes? (laughs) It's just so... Yeah, and we meet Michael's, like, um, arrogant co-worker. Ron. Ron. And he's, like, the Kennedy type. Yeah. The the goody two-shoes, like, the opposite of um, Mancini, right? Yeah, he's he's really... um, He's like way he's way more like respected even though he's kind of like an arrogant asshole. Yes. He's just like he looks like rich. He looks rich and he's kind of like that kind of handsome that I don't really like yes. but a lot of women like. Yeah. And you can just tell it's the type of guy Michael has had to butt heads with his whole fucking life. This guy is very waspy. Ron's a wasp and and he has like wasp energy, like rich wasp energy. Mm. And Michael is not that guy. And no. he's like, yeah, he's trying to like ascend the ladder. But this guy's just like was born in, with a silver spoon in his mouth. And it's always been this guy stopping yeah. Michael from getting what he wants. And he, <laughs> and he's like rude to Michael. He's like, oh yeah, Mancini, like you'd make the list for the chief resident. Yes. Because that's like all these residents are like vying for this spot as chief resident. And apparently they put like a list up of like, okay, these are the top five. The short list. (laughs) We'll see who gets it tonight. (laughs) Yeah, because there's going to be a ceremony or not a ceremony, but like a party where Dr. Levin announces the chief resident. And then, but he gives his like nominees. Yeah, but everyone is all but sure it will be Ron. Mm -hmm. He's the golden boy. And so Michael is approached by Dr. Levin shortly after this. And Levin is once again pissed at Michael. He starts scolding him about reports. Like Michael fucked up doing, yeah. doing some reports. And Michael's like, hey, why didn't I make it on the list? <laughs> and Dr. Levin says, Mancini, you're lucky you even have a job. You're on thin ice, buddy. Yeah. Don't push me. And Michael says, hmm, the last thing I want to do is push you. <laughs> He now has this information about Levin. Yes. So that's got to feel great for Michael, he, especially in this moment. He's, he knows he's going to detonate, detonate a bomb soon. Yes, despite his promises to Sydney. 
At Shooters, Jane is with Amanda, and Jane's talking about her design business and her struggles. I cannot get this relationship. It's so odd. Yeah. Um, but Jane's not a plot point in this. Like her, she doesn't really have like a storyline in this episode. This is just a means to get Billy to approach Amanda and Jane looking for Allison. Which at this point, you have to question Billy's judgment ever going to Amanda with Why? any information about their relationship. <laughs> Why does he keep doing this? Why? Because he knows he's going to get a very um, shady, biased answer from her. And the next morning at work, Amanda's going to be like, oh, Billy was looking for you last night. <laughs> Another key. Was Steve in town? <laughs> I just, yeah. If I, was a, if I was Allison, I'd be like, Billy, stop telling Amanda, like, stop feeding her tidbits about our life. Like, even don't if tell I'm her dead, anything. Even if you think I'm dead, don't ask her where the last time she saw me was. <laughs> like, yeah, just don't ever mention my name to Amanda, yeah. ever. And so Amanda is like, oh, I wasn't aware she had a client meeting. Hope she's not up to her old tricks. <laughs> Allison is not quote, up to her old tricks, she is at her therapy appointment, which she keeps calling her psychiatrist. But and psychiatrist is a little different than this. Psychiatrist, like, prescribes you meds. This seems more like therapy. Right, but it's like the early 90s. It's interchangeable. They're just kind of, like, new. they're new to this, the writers, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, like, exploring this. And although it is interesting to think, like, When did that become, like, you don't have to have a medical degree, you just have to have training? A license. A license. You have a license to be a therapist. I just feel like it got so um, popular that they needed more people, (laughs) right? I honestly don't know, like, I I don't know, like, exactly, like, the difference. I mean, I know the differences because I've had both, but... um, But there was probably a time when a psychiatrist prescribed medicines and also did the therapy, too. Oh, right. I never thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder, because um, whenever I would go to my psychiatrist, it would be like, it wasn't like talking about like my trauma and my feelings. It was like yeah. talking about my symptoms. Yes. But I wonder. But also seeing a therapist in in tandem. Yeah. That's a little personal life corner. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, anyway, so she's talking to this therapist and he wants to talk about the dreams she's been having. And then he asks her if she's sexually active. And she says, yeah, before the nightmares started. And then he's like, when do you feel the most satisfaction? When you're giving or receiving? And she's blushing. She's like, I guess I feel the best when I'm pleasing someone else. I love that she's so taken aback by this when her dreams clearly seem... <laughs> Like sexual trauma to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like she's kind of like, why are you asking me these personal questions? She like, hasn't put two and two together. I also think it's very telling that Allison is more into pleasing than receiving because I feel like she's the type of woman that feels like sort of like ashamed when a guy eats her out. Not ashamed, but like, oh, you don't have to do that. Well, she's a she's too much of a people pleaser. I don't even want to think of Billy doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just feel like she'd be like, that tickles. So let's do something else. Right. I don't even think they do that kind of stuff because she doesn't want it. She doesn't want it. And she should look at that. Or find other ways. If she doesn't like that, she can find other ways to be pleased. It doesn't have to be that. I think she's not letting herself be pleased. And oh. Billy's probably really into it. Billy's probably like, I love it. Yeah, he loves it's it. So easy. <laughs> I bet Billy is a, not that he's a good lay, but I bet he's very eager to please. But he also probably just falls for her saying, I'm, I'm good at the end. But he probably does like a, hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks about it. He's like, yeah, oh, I guess wrong? so. What's wrong? Anyway, she's like a little bashful in this session. And... The therapist is like, I want to see you three times a week, which is insane to me. That's a lot. This is like the only time you see a therapist three times a week is when you're in in like an inpatient treatment or an outpatient treatment. You're dealing with like a severe crisis maybe. Like you're in some formal treatment. Yeah. And this was like based on... He's acting like, oh, we're we're getting somewhere. And I was like, what? Yeah, we where haven't are seen you anything. Going? Yeah. <laughs> but you just met for like the first time. Also, that's a lot of money. That's so expensive. It's yeah. expensive to see a therapist once a week. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so anyway, she agrees to it. Because and- he's like, Oh, I'll do it at lunchtime. Right? Yeah. He's like, I'll do I'll <laughs> I'll 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 yeah. Because she's like, I can't at night because I'm. she's basically lying to Billy. And it's like, I can't, you know, say three times in a week I'm at a night meeting. Right. Uh, so he agrees to do lunches. When she returns home, Billy is reading on the couch and he's like, and she's like kind of faking it. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm work, you know, I'm exhausted. And he's like, it's late. I was getting worried about you, Allison. Yeah. And then he confronts her. He's like, I ran into Amanda at Shooters. Where were you? And she confesses that she's been seeing a therapist. And she's like, he's like, hmm. And she's like, Billy, what do you have against the psychiatrist? He's like, I don't have anything against Mm. it. We're just supposed to be a team. Well, here's the problem with Billy. He acts like he is supportive, but we saw last episode where he completely dismissed the idea of her going to therapy. And he completely dismissed her frightening nightmares. Yeah. He was like, it's fine. You're going to be over this in a week. Yeah. So why wouldn't she keep it on the DL? Like this is not, I'm this is like out. We're on team Allison this episode. Like she's in the right here because there's, it's like Billy feels inadequate that she is seeking outside help. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. He doesn't get why she won't talk to him about it. I wonder <laughs> if, again, this is a product of its time mm. when therapy slash psychiatry was seen as like, oh, you have to be really fucked up. It was like embarrassing. Embarrassing. Right? People yeah, was- were embarrassed to admit they were going to a psychiatrist because everyone assumed it meant you had some extreme mental illness that they were also embarrassed of even though they shouldn't be like yeah, yeah like because mental illness was like even more stigmatized yes. back then um so he's being a dick about this and he's like Allison I just want you to tell I just I just want to be a team and she's like Billy there's things I need to work out 
And he's like, I just want you to tell the truth. Look, she should have said to him, I'm going to therapy. Period. Period. That's where I'm going to be tonight. So it's like, yeah, I agree. But I also see why she was just like, maybe I can just keep it private. Yeah. She should have told him in the first place, but it, but he was being stupid. Yes. He should have. Yeah. Well, she has every right to stand up to him on mm-hmm. this. Should we take a break here? Sure. Okay. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Fucking Ted is back. Creeping around. He's just creeping around. It is nighttime and he is sneaking into that vacant apartment next to Amanda's. Which they clearly don't lock for some reason. (laughs) They don't lock it. And no one happens to be in the courtyard when he sneaks in. This is crazy. And he, what's even crazier is that there's an attic in this apartment. Yeah. What? I've never seen an attic in any apartments in Los Angeles before. Also, it's like a Spanish style. It just doesn't seem like it has attic space. Like when Where, you look at the outside of the exterior. Because it looks like a like a pointy roof attic. Like yeah. it's like a triangle in there. Which is not the style of the building. They clearly just filmed it where they filmed the crush finale. <laughs> like it's that type of attic. This attic defies the laws of physics. I can't believe this this attic. It doesn't make any sense. But I respect the fact that they wanted to have an attic. <laughs> and they were like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, this is really funny. Amanda hears something from her apartment because Ted's like bumping around in the attic. Right. He crawled up into the attic and is like crawling over the, like the wood and the, what is it called? Insulation. Yeah. Yeah. And he then (laughs) pulls a piece of the floor of the attic out, like a chunk of it out and is just staring at Amanda from her bedroom. It's like a really large square. It's so big. That any like much like the hole in the shower, which I found to be quite obvious. This is insane. Also, how did he make this hole without making a huge mess in her bedroom with like drywall? Oh, maybe that's what he was doing in there when he got busted by Jake cleaning it up. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, I'm giving this the writers credit when they probably didn't even think it through. <laughs> that's true. Um, so he watches her undress. 
and she's listening to really piped in jazz. Mm-hmm. She always listens to this smooth jazz music, <laughs> which doesn't. I, I'm curious, like what the music really is, right? Because we've found out that sometimes it is popular music, or I maybe it was she, real jazz. I bet she does listen to smooth jazz. I feel like Amanda is like, I'm, I'm more grown up. Well, it's also like music. Like, you know, people, there's people who just don't like music, yeah. but they just put it on. Yeah. It's like, here's music. Here's some mood music yeah. for nighttime. The next day, Allison is at her therapy appointment and he wants to talk about her sex life again. And she's like real nervous about it. And she's having such a difficult time talking about it. He's like, I have an idea. Let's, let's have this conversation at lunch. Let's go out to the marina and get some seafood. Where are they going at the marina? They're acting like they're in Santa Barbara, they're where act- there's like these restaurants at the marina. No, there's no mes- restaurants at the marina except at like an Acapulco's. Is <laughs> like there they, like I, there was one restaurant over there, and it was literally like that type of place. I've never been out to. I mean, I'm sure Marina del Rey has like good restaurants, but at the marina proper, they don't have them at the marina unless it's. I mean. I was going to say unless they have them now, but they didn't have them back then. But you're right. This looks like a as a beachside Santa Barbara or Malibu restaurant. Yeah, maybe it's Ojai because they're up there anyhow. Right? There's no beach. I'm not Ojai. I'm sorry. Um, Oxnard. Oxnard. Yeah. Maybe they're in Oxnard. Anyway, they're having lunch at this outdoor seafood spot, and he starts like coming on to her. This is so inappropriate. Well, this is like such a weird relationship or storyline. Because they pivot. They pivot. It's like he, okay, first this guy is like genuine. Then he's creepy. But then he's like, oh, that was all an act, JK. I'm genuine. It's so unacceptable. I don't know that it's an, I think this is unacceptable period going to lunch together like this. Yes. Um. But I get maybe he's trying to make her comfortable. But it's the stuff it's still he with, says. But why? But he says it in like kind of like it's okay to say that. It's like therapy speak. Yeah. But it's still if my therapist said that to me, I, I especially in this lunch setting, I would be so uncomfortable and I would never go back to them. No, I agree. This is so over the line. He says he calls her a beautiful patient. That would be the. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I don't want my therapist commenting on my looks or my attractiveness ever. Also, I feel like I get what he's saying, but the way he does it comes off like he's coming on to her. Like he, It's like I can get where you want to point out, like you obviously get attention for your looks, and I think that can color. Do you know what I mean? He like, should have phrased it in a completely different way because the way he phrased it was that he was hitting on her. He should have said, like, do you have self-esteem issues? Or right. do you find yourself, do you think you find yourself um, basing your self-worth on uh, the reaction you get from men? Yes. He should have framed the language more clinically. Yes. And he does it in a very casual way that I think comes off like coming on to her, even though I don't really think he was. It's just inappropriate. It's the th- <laughs> this is so inappropriate. He, and his vibe is too loose for me. It's too loose and not in a comforting way. And he's like, they're trying to tell us he's like attractive, but he's like ugly Mark Ruffalo. Like, yeah, he's not that attractive to me. Like, 
Um, it's like when they tried to convince us Steve was really hot. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's like it's not like they're ugly. They're just but like they're not, not hot. that hot. Like no, they're just you know average guys. He 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 says to her, "You know you're attractive, don't you?" And it's just so uncomfortable. And she's like, but she's like kind of into it. She's like, "You have a way of making me feel like I'm the only person here." I guess they're trying to show us like, oh, Allison is experiencing this transference. Where she's feeling emotionally attached to her therapist because it's a man who listens to her. And it's also like, we've seen this with Allison before. That's yes. why I'm always like, it could be really interesting if the writers were showing us her perspective. <gasps> that would have been so Do you know so what I mean? Amazing. Like how she sees it. But then we see what he's actually saying. Yes. And it's like very clinical. But they don't, they're not doing that. It's just, <laughs> uh, but it's like, I get... I get that that's what she's seeing too, right? Like yeah. everything is a come on and she thinks every man wants her in some ways. Yes. Yeah. And then she she's like, well, when do I get to know more about you? So then Allison's volleying back, treating this like a date as well. And this is also inappropriate. Like you're not supposed to know anything about your therapist. No. No. Like, And he's like, you know my name and my address and that's that's all you need to know. So and he like goes back and forth once again between it's like it's just it's just so odd. And yeah. that's when Amanda strolls in with a bunch of clients oh. for a client <laughs> lunch and she could not be more thrilled to see Allison having lunch with a man she's never seen before. Yes, in Marina Del Rey. In Marina Del Rey. What like, are the chances? Like I like Amanda doesn't even live there anymore. Why is she in Marina Del Rey? These people fucking love Marina Del Rey. <laughs> Like, it's, it's just like wild that they're always crazy. there. It is crazy how much time they spend in this part of town. Because I guess we kind of just got figured out that they're, they're sort of in Culver City now, right? Or that's where the real building is. What do you mean? The D&D building. Oh, the D&D building? Is it in Culver City? I think that's where the real building is. But are, so I'm just like, are they Century City, Culver City? Like he, I always assumed it was Century City, but one one of our listeners pointed out it's actually the real buildings on Miracle Mile. Oh right, Miracle Mile it, around yeah. that area, yeah. like Mid Wilshire. So the, to drive to Marina Del Rey for lunch would not happen. It would never happen. And if you live, um, if you live like. In West Hollywood, if you live anywhere east of Beverly Hills, you're not going to the beach. Well, and here's casually. the other thing. <clears throat> Allison would not be able to take lunch, <laughs> drive to Marina Del Rey, no. and have her therapy appointment, which is like, I'm guessing, 45 minutes at least. Yeah. That would be a two-hour lunch. And there's no way Amanda would allow this. No wonder Amanda's <laughs> on, <laughs> on the edge with, uh, with Allison. So Amanda is like so thrilled and she's like, oh, who's this? And so Allison introduces Amanda to her therapist, Dan. And it's very awkward. And they, after Amanda goes and like sits down with her clients, the therapist tells Allison that he's very single. Because she because, guessed about him. Yeah, she she was guessing like his marital status and if he and if that he had kids. And he's like, Well, you're wrong. I still play tennis and I'm very single. Yeah. Why would you add the very? That sounds like I'm a very available and I want you to know I'm available because I want to go out with you. And also Allison 
uh, predicting that he was married was also her prying. Yes. So later, Joe and Amanda are going over some shots from a photo shoot (laughs) at Amanda's apartment. And Amanda immediately starts gossiping to Joe about Billy and Allison. Like she wants tea because she knows Joe's close with Allison. I know. And why would Joe give her tea? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Joe Joe doesn't snitch. We know this about Joe. And she's like, sorry, Amanda, I don't know anything about it. But then they hear a noise. Mm. So they go to investigate. And Joe's <laughs> like, what's on the other side of this wall? Because they, they're like going to this wall where they heard a noise. And Amanda's like, that's the vacant apartment. Do you still have your gun? Yeah, do you still have your gun? <laughs> so they go to check it out. It's very dark and spooky, and Amanda's carrying a golf club. Where did she get that? Where, she she got it. It's like she golfs, and I mean, I buy her golfing more than I buy Jake and Billy fishing. Oh, she totally does, because she's like, got to be in the boys' club. Got to be. Do, yeah. This is what business people do. And I'm not going to let them go off a weekend without me. Right. So she definitely takes golf lessons. Mm. Um, but I guess all of their apartments are up there. Supposedly, right? Yeah. And they don't find anything in this vacant apartment, but we see that Ted is in the attic. <laughs> Breathing. Yeah, she's <laughs> like he and he's like, phew. Because he yeah. sees them, he hears them sneaking in, but he's hiding. At the beach house, Sydney's having a client party. Their house is packed with her girls and the Johns. It's like pop in. And Michael comes home, and Sydney's like, "Oh, Michael, I'm so sorry about the party." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Is Ingrid here? <laughs> that's the girl who works with Doctor Levin. Yeah, that's the girl who was on the list. Like, this is Doctor Levin's favorite client. Yes, or favorite girl. And she points Ingrid out to Michael, and he's like, "That gorgeous woman makes it with Stanley Levin." Outrage. He can't believe this. It's like, that's literally how it works, He's paying. He's paying for it, (laughs) Michael. He's paying for it. So Michael approaches Ingrid, and he asks her to dance. And he's like, (laughs) I, and he's like, I feel like I already know you. My friend Dr. Levin talks about you all the time. And she says, oh, you mean Dr. Cowboy? Yeah, and Michael's like, mm-hmm, like, here we go. <laughs> and Sydney's like looking nervous and kind of pissed off yeah. in the background. Back at Melrose, Allison is sleeping, and she's having a dream that she's on the beach in a white gauzy dress. It's like a Calgon commercial. Yes. And her therapist approaches her and starts kissing her. And this is like a very romantic dream, and she wakes up in a panic before she wakes up, though, she goes, oh, doctor. It's so gross. I was like, why would you call him, oh, doctor? You would say Dan. <laughs> oh, Dan. <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Like, oh, doctor. So just in case we didn't get it, I guess. That he has a PhD. <laughs> Billy's like, Allison, what's the matter? And then he tries to hug her, and she pulls away, and he's sad. I'll make the bad guys go away, Allison. She's <laughs> like, not now. <laughs> I want him to stay. She wants to get back to her dream. We know the feeling. We know the feeling. She's like, please stop. Don't wake me up any further. The next morning, Billy runs into Amanda. And Amanda's like, oh, hmm, how's, how's things going with Allison? He's like, 
Amanda, it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. Don't stay out of it. He's like, I don't need your help. And she's like, well, I just thought it was a Steve situation again. (laughs) Those two looked very cozy. Well, he doesn't know about the lunch. Yes. So she kind of drops the lunch information. Yeah. Just in case he didn't know. Yeah. And he has to pretend like he doesn't care. Right. right. In that moment. So Billy does finally kind of get it. (laughs) (laughs) Billy. So Billy does an insane thing. He goes to the therapist's office to confront him. But he like makes an appointment as if he's a new client. He's so stupid. This was so cringe. And he's also going to have to pay like a fee for this. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, well, he's definitely, or maybe the therapist were like, eh, I'm going to let this one slide. Yeah. Because I was a little inappropriate. Yeah. And he's like, you know, yelling at this therapist, except he's not, he's not really yelling. He's like talking very sternly to him. Well, initially he acts like he's a client, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, so my fiance, I think she's, um, this, her therapist is hitting on her. Well, you know what I mean? He's kind of like acting like that's his storyline, but it's clearly talking about Allison and the therapist. Yeah, He's like, she's having lunch with this so-called doctor. Yeah. And he's pissed and he's like, I think you're full of crap. You're a quack. You're a quack. But all of Billy's Billy's hatred of therapy comes out in this exchange. Yes. <laughs> he finally gets to lay, lay, lay it all on this doctor. Yeah. And, and I the, don't believe this works. <laughs> yeah. And the therapist is like, whoa. At the hospital, Michael is scrubbing in and Levin is like, Michael, you look like shit. You smell and you smell like a brewery. <laughs> Michael's been partying all night with the sex workers. Yeah. I don't, what are these parties? Like, it's just so funny. It's so funny. And so Levin's like, you're in no shape to operate. You're out of here. He Mm. like kicks him out of the OR. And Michael is like, what is this about? Is this about Kimberly? Are you still mad about Kimberly? And he's like, Levin's like, I'm taking this to the board. Levin has just had it with Michael Mancini. He's like, I'm taking this to the board. And by the and by this time tomorrow, you're fired. And Michael goes, oh, the medical board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's not it. Yeah, like he doesn't have to worry about that. The way he said that, I was <laughs> laughing so, oh, the medical board. Ooh, I have to have a fancy license to practice medicine. And I was like, oh, that's actually very serious. But that's how confident he is that he has info yeah. that will stop all of this. So it's, we love Michael with a little power. It's so funny. And he says, Guess again, Levin. By this time tomorrow, I'll be appointed chief resident, and you'll be making that announcement. What must Levin be thinking in this moment? This guy is fucking nuts. He's right, like crazy. <laughs> He's crazy. I'm surprised that Levin even. I mean, I guess he maybe he did disinvite Michael, and he showed up anyway. But yeah, to the dinner later. Right. I'm guessing Michael just barged right in. Right. Yeah. So Billy is packing for spontaneous trip to Morro Bay and Allison gives a great dunk. She's like, did Jake even invite you? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what is going on? And Billy's like, Amanda told me about your lunch and then I went to your therapist's office and I confronted him. And she's like, Billy? Yeah, embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. He's like, I was just worried about you, but I know that I love you. And Allison's like, I don't want to fight. And she's like, he's really helping me. How? How? Because she's feeling gassed up by him. Yeah. And so he goes on his little trip. 
At the beach house, Michael is straightening his tie as he gets ready for this hospital party at Dr. Levin's house. Yeah. Where Dr. Levin's going to make this announcement of who's the new, who the new chief resident is. And Sydney is wearing a white cocktail dress and she's like, I'm all ready to go. And he's like, you look like a whore. So mean because she doesn't like, I don't even know what that means. Exactly. It's like she, she's wearing a cocktail dress. She's wearing a white cocktail dress. He's like, you look like a whore and you're not invited. And she's like, well, what good's being married to a doctor if I I can't be a doctor's wife? And then he says something so mean to her. He's like, you never stop dreaming, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Just so mean. It's like dreaming. Just going to a dinner party with him is a dream. It's so funny. At the party, it's very, you know, fancy at Levin's house. His daughter's playing the piano. This gave me um, the crush vibes. Yes. It's a very loving family. So we know Levin has something to lose, right? And he's got some skeletons in his closet. And everyone's like talking at the party when Michael arrives with Ingrid on his arm. And Ingrid, I thought this costume choice was so perfect because she is wearing a red suede fringed outfit. It is, it's not, here's, here's why the wardrobe did a great job because it's not costumey. It looks like a real outfit, but the fringe is a subconscious nod to the fact that this girl does cowboy play. Yes. Yeah. No, it was great because you wanted her to stand out. This is a very subtle waspy, even though Dr. Levin is probably not a wasp, but like, yeah. and, and it's like she all of a sudden comes in in this red to this very neutral kind of setting. Right. right? But just the fact that it had fringe, yes. it, there was cowboy elements to it. Yeah. And that's probably, I wouldn't doubt that that's even what she wears with him sometimes, this dress, right? Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Michael immediately approaches Dr. Levin and his wife and introduces Ingrid to them. And the wife and Ingrid go off to get a drink, and Levin is furious. He's mm. like, what the hell are you doing, Mancini, bringing that trash into my home? Instant villain, right? Yeah, instant we villain. We all hate him now. Now, we, now we're not on Dr. Levin's side. He just <laughs> called Ingrid trash. For no no reason. And that's his girl. You fuck her. Yeah. You, so you pay to fuck her. She's a beautiful the grossest, woman. The grossest guy. And Michael says, trash today, fucking Bronco tomorrow. Ugh, <laughs> God. Michael is just in his element. Mm. And Levin says, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and Michael's like, here's, here's how it's going to go, Dr. Levin. <laughs> He's like, I want to be chief resident. And and I want you to make that announcement tonight. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna. It's eight o'clock. It's coming up. Time to make that announcement. And so Levin is so upset. He knows he's lost this game. He he gets to the front of the room to make this announcement, and Michael's smirking in well, the crowd. I mean, here's what's very funny: the parallel between Sydney blackmailing Michael to be the the wife yeah. and him having no problem blackmailing Levin to be the chief resident. Yeah. It's like both of them don't earn these positions out of respect and love, right? Like, no. But they're perfectly fine taking them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so Ron, we see Michael's 
snotty coworker Ron, he's like preparing for the because he thinks <laughs> yeah. he's going to get it. Everyone else does too. And Levin gives like a very somber announcement that Michael Mancini is the new. Like there is no joy in this. No, he's like, I'm going to keep it short. short. <laughs> I'm going to keep it short. I have a very serious I have announcement. No words. Yeah, yeah. I have. That's what he said. I have no words. Our new chief resident. <laughs> Is <laughs> Dr. Michael Mancini. Michael's like, hmm. And everyone at the party literally gasps. They gasp. They're like, so, 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 Because you know, Michael Mancini is constantly gossiped about at Wilshire Memorial. Oh my God. Like people are, like he's not have a good reputation there. And Ron's face, we get, we get a nice Ron sinking face. Yeah. Like he, he's he, like, what? He's devastated. So that's pretty funny. Amanda's getting ready for bed. And as she's getting ready for bed, Joe is in her apartment looking out the window <laughs> when she sees a light coming from the vacant apartment. It's like a flashlight. And she's like, what the fuck? Someone's in that apartment. Yeah. So she picks up the phone and she calls Amanda, but Amanda is in the shower and she can't hear the phone ringing. So then um, Joe looks out the window again and this time she sees the flashlight is now inside of Amanda's apartment. Right. So at some point he's crossed over like he, into her apartment. Yeah. Or he has the key still, maybe. Or he just like the door was unlocked. Yeah. I don't fucking know what's going on. So Joe runs over to Amanda's. And this is a very funny sequence when she's running over. Yeah. Because I was like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. Because they act like she's laboring a little down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a slow run over. But we also see that she's actually on a different second level because she's going down the stairs and then has to go over and up the stairs to Amanda's upper level section. They're not connected. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I, I thought they were. They were on the same terrace or the same whatever landing, yeah. I guess. And she's like, Amanda, Amanda. And she um, is pounding on the door. So I guess Amanda's apartment wasn't, or the guy locked it behind him. I don't fucking know how he got in. And Amanda answers the door, and they both hear a noise. So they grab kitchen knives. and That's they're high comedy. Yeah, it's high comedy. They're, this is like very slumber party massacre moment. Yes, and Ted has hidden somewhere. He scrambled off. And they find him in a closet. What is he doing? He looks like he's trying to climb up into the attic, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that's what he did. Maybe he got the attic in her place and climbed down. Okay. Maybe that's what happened. And Joe's like, we got to call the police. And Amanda's like, forget the police. I'm going to take care of this perv myself. This so, is Amanda's moment. <laughs> yeah. Cut to Ted is tied up. He is like... He's like... Hog He's completely, ro- rope is around his entire body. <laughs> I don't even know where they got where it. Where they get all this rope? <laughs> and it's like the, uh, it's like from Jake's boat. Yes. <laughs> and um, Joe is like, let's call the cops, Amanda. And Amanda's like, this man is sick, Joe. He yeah. needs to be taught a lesson. And Amanda puts a knife to his throat and she's like, you invaded my privacy. And he's like, I didn't hurt you though. And she is like, not having it. She wants to threaten him, make him she, scared. She's like having a vigilante mom. She's like, the cops won't do anything. Yeah. And she's accurate. She is accurate because the but cops she, would yeah. be like, well, you trespassed, but you didn't physically harm her, so we're not going to do We're letting anything. you go. Yeah. Um, she wants to scare this guy. Michael returns home 
And Sydney is like pissed off at him. She's like, Ingrid told me about Dr. Levin. And did you blackmail him? And she's mad about it. And he goes, blackmail works, Sydney. You should know. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just basking in the glory of being named chief resident. And Sydney is like, well, I'm not going to quit my job if you think that's what I'm going to do. I make more money than you. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Okay. Back at Amanda's, Joe is like, well, I went to the bathroom and I found a hole in your shower and also one in your bedroom. Yeah, Joe's found all the holes. She she found the glory holes. And Amanda's like holding the knife up to Ted and she's like, what did you see? And he's like, just call the cops. He's like, get me out of here. And she's like giving a villain speech about what she wants to do to him. Yes, because... He also says to her, I've seen better. Yeah, because like he watched her and Jake <laughs> fuck in the shower. Yeah. So she's pissed. Because yeah. how dare you? How dare you? You can you can spy on me, but you gotta also admit that I'm very hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how dare you? Yeah, she was so mad. And she's like, since Ted likes to look, his punishment should be that he can't look anymore. She's gonna blind him. And he starts crying and begging. And that's when she says, God, you're pathetic. And she's like, Joe, you can call the cops now. Yeah, she emasculated him. Yeah. The next day at the hospital, Matt is like, Michael, what the hell is this? He's holding a file. And Matt's, and Michael's like, oh, you got the promotion papers. And he's like, you think you can just buy me off? He's like, look, Matt, <laughs> just take the job. It makes a lot more money than you're making right now. Plus, you get a lot more of those loser cases that you like so much. <laughs> tons of losers you can help. Come on, Matt. <laughs> You'd love those losers. And Matt's like, well, I am taking the job because I do think I can help people. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's found his like good reason why he's doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. But he's like, but you stay the hell away from me. Yeah. Just keep your trap shut and I will. <laughs> Allison is at therapy, and she's asking him what happened when Billy came over to the office. And then she like asks, she's like, are you coming on to me? Because so far, everything we've talked about is about sex. And he's like, Allison, I don't have feelings for you. And she's like, Billy was right. This is a bad idea. And then he's like, are you pushing me away because I don't love you? She's like, oh. Yeah, he got her. And he's like, you haven't loved Billy since he made a commitment to marry you. Why do you hurt people that want to love you? Yeah, he nailed her to the wall. He nailed her to the wall. Look, as we said, he could have arrived at this point with her in a much more ethical way. Yes, and it's very confusing because what we saw at the lunch, like I said, it could have been portrayed as what Allison saw and would have made sense. But if we had known that he was actually not saying those things, if he was saying yes. things in an appropriate manner, which he wasn't. This turn, it's like he's he needs to own what he did, maybe that led her on to this. She needs to fire this guy. She needs to go see someone else. Maybe she, she needs to see a woman. She needs to see an old woman. She needs an old lady <laughs> who wears chunky... A chunky like stone necklaces, like yeah, 
And like little Afghan throws. Yeah, she needs like a lady who wears like a chunky amber necklace, maybe some turquoise rings. Yeah. Yeah. And this and is a, like her second career and a later in life. She needs an old bag and a caftan. Yes. Um, anyway, so where are we? Michael. We're at we, the beach house. I'm sorry. The, <laughs> At the beach house that night, Michael has prepared a candlelight dinner for Sydney. And he's like acting towards Sydney in a manner that he we've never seen before. He is so happy. Yeah. He's in a lovey-dovey mood and he wants to celebrate because at this point he's like gotten he's gotten what he wants. He's chief resident. And he's he's like feeling that Christmas spirit, even though it's not Christmas. But he's like, I'm gonna I think I like Sydney now. Well, because he got here because of Sydney. And he tells her, he's like, I owe it to you. Yes. Because it's like, I mean, technically he just stole her book. Right. <laughs> but he's giving her some credit and they're toasting. And she is like, at first, like, she's like, what? She like, can't believe it. But she's thrilled because Michael Mancini finally loves her. And he's like, I'm, st- we're going to stop, I'm f- stop fighting this. We yeah. belong together. Yeah, he's like, Jane was right. We do belong together. And there is a moment where you're like, they do belong together yes. in a way. They are so similar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, we all know if we've seen the show that that's not going to happen. But uh, in this moment, it's, it is it is definitely sort of like too good to be true for Sydney. Like, Right. Yeah. And they start kissing. And then the camera pans out from the beach house and we see standing on the beach in the darkness, staring into the window, watching Michael and Sydney, Kimberly. And sinister music starts playing. Kimberly (laughs) is alive and standing on the beach, looking into the beach house. Yeah. Kimberly. It's a gasp moment. It's a total gasp moment. And of course, I love the framing of like Sydney getting everything she finally wants. And mm-hmm. then seconds later, we know it's not going to go down the way she thinks it is. It's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. And I can't wait to see how this turns out. Yeah. It's a great moment. We will be back shortly with episode 28. One of the most iconic iconic episodes in television history. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.